right, welcome back to the Conehead Sports Podcast. On this episode, we are joined by Mr. Cole Kublik, uh, analyst for ESPN as well as the SEC Network. He is the sideline reporter, so it was awesome to really talk to him and um, ask him a few questions I had. Very grateful for him to be able to come on. It's great talking with him. He's very nice, and um, hope you'll hear it in the interview. Um, but yeah, let's just uh, hop right into it. <laughs> All right, we now welcome to the show very special guest, Mr. Cole Kublik, an analyst for ESPN as well as the SEC Network. He played center for Auburn through 1996 to 2001 and host of the three-man front radio show. Mr. Kublik, it's great to have you on. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I just want to kind of jump into it. I know you don't have a lot of time. Um, I just kind of want to start with a, a background of um, when did you really kind of get into sports? When was it that... Um, that you really started to really like like to do like to maybe play it. When did you start football? Uh, I mean, I've, I've been in sports as long as I can remember. Whether it was you know playing wiffle ball or just you know throwing baseball, football with my dad, watching sports on TV. It was a big part of our family growing up. Uh, I did not play organized football until eighth grade. That was the wow. first year that I actually played organized football. We didn't really have pee wee football where I grew up. Um, I mean, countless numbers of hours of, of backyard football with my buddies uh, as a kid, be it elementary school, middle school, high school. So we, we always did that growing up, but organized started in eighth grade. And you know, I, I played a lot of different sports growing up. And then probably around middle school, really focused in football, baseball, and, and did those through high school and then went on to play football in college. Do you think um, maybe playing baseball and other sports, do you think that helped you getting into strictly staying to football in college? Do you think those other sports helped you along the way? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of playing as many sports as you can. Um, I, I just, I, I think it, it, it helps you athletically. I think it helps your body adapt to be able to do different things, move different ways. Um, there, are, there are a lot of different things, be it from basketball or wrestling or track that can help you in other sports, especially football and baseball. So I think that, that there's value in all of them, competing in different ways, you know, learning patience, learning flexibility, learning arm angles, whatever it is. There, there's different things that you can learn from any, any sport that you can apply to another sport. So um, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of, of participating in as many as you can um, and not necessarily trying to focus in on one and then just saying this is the only thing I'm going to do moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I'm also like people who play multiple sports. I feel like that helps them definitely along the way. Um, while playing at Auburn, did you ever think about what you wanted to do in the future other than football? Were you already looking into the future? Or was it just football for you then? Uh, I mean, probably not until later. I mean, I think later in my career, I, I began to sort of think about things that I wanted to do. After I played, I was always sort of intrigued by the media, interested in the media. I used to call games when we were playing video games as a kid so um you know i was i I listened to sports talk radio when i was in high school so you know it's it's something that's always kind of been there that that i've had a little bit more interest in than just hey i might stumble into that one day Mm -hmm. didn't really get serious about it until after i graduated and actually had a job in pharmaceutical sales and Mm -hmm. um did sort of an auburn pregame show my first year out and that was that was where i kind of fell in love with it and then I, i did that for a few years that that led to Somebody asking me to do the Auburn spring game on television. I did that. Then I did Auburn, Auburn TV replays on a station that's not even around anymore, CSS. Um, I did pay-per-view games. And then I did Sunbelt for a couple of years. And then just kind of 
took gradual steps from there, went full-time radio in 2010, uh, really wasn't even able to make that work every year. I had to get out in 2013, got back in 14 on a different station and have kind of been doing it since. So I finally found a way to piece it all together, but it, it wasn't something that just happened overnight. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. But so for a for a kid like me who possibly wants to get into a profession of maybe sports media as you do, uh, maybe even as an analyst, what do you think I can do as a kid to prepare for maybe a career like that? Uh, I would say the first thing you could do is what you're doing right now is talk to people that do it, ask them how they did it. Uh, the second thing I would say is, you know, what are your expectations? Uh, what do you really want to do? And what's the lowest thing on that totem pole of what you want to do that you would accept doing? Mm -hmm. So if you want to be Kirk Herbstreet, or are you going to be okay being a graphics guy in a truck for college football games? Are you going to be okay with being a producer on a radio show if you want to be Colin Cowherd, somebody who screens phone calls and books guests? Mm -hmm. That's the first question that I would ask because a lot of people come to me and say, well, I want to be Aaron Andrews, or I want to be Kirk Herbstreet, or I want to be John Madden. There's very few of those seats, and so not many people get the opportunity to sit in them. So what are the other things that would be acceptable to you that you could make a career out of and be happy with below what that ultimate goals of yours is? Because that, that's probably a little bit more the reality. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, that, that makes sense. What, find what you, what you really want to do, and I, I, I totally get that. Um, so this, this, um, this Saturday you're going to be doing the Kentucky-Georgia game, I know. What does like show prep look for you? What do, how do you prepare for a game like Saturday? A lot of film study and make sure you've been through either all or the majority of the games that they've played. Uh, we'll have conference calls, Zoom calls with players, coaches, coordinators from both schools. And then we'll have multiple production meetings throughout the week with our crew. And then for me, I think it's just having an understanding of the teams, finding stories that I want to talk about, whether it's an assistant coach, whether it's something a player does off the field, whether it's something that's happening schematically, X's and O's with an offense or a defense or a player or a group of players that I know we're probably going to hit on during the game. Mm -hmm. And just being as familiar with as many different directions as we might go inside of that game. Uh, I, I don't, I'm asked a lot of times, you know, how many hours, how much time I, it's, I mean, there's no way to tell. I, I have three kids under the age of six. So to be able to sit there and say, I put this many hours in one day, this many hours in the next day, it's not that organized. I mean, it's just, it's get it in when I can fit it in and just try to have a, a solid idea of, you know, what we want to discuss, the things that we want to go into, the things that are important to discuss. And obviously the different directions that things might go, be it a backup quarterback, a backup offensive lineman or a guy who's injured that, that I'm going to be able to talk about those things and well-versed in the things that are most likely going to come up. So um, it's, it's a lot, but because it's ongoing, I think as it, as it moves, it gets a little bit easier. Like this is the fourth time we've had Kentucky, my crew has. So I don't have to do as much prep with Kentucky this week. I just have to find some different things that I want to get to, maybe some things that we already knew that we didn't get to, who's going to be healthy, who's going to be out, who might play that we haven't seen, things like that. So uh, it changes week to week as far as the amount of time that goes into it and exactly how I prepare for each team. The, the one thing for certain is I'm going to talk to everybody that I know that covers those teams, and I'm going to watch as much film as possible on each one of those teams because that's, those, those, that's sort of the baseline of what I have to know and have to be good at going into a game. 
Yeah. I, that, that makes total sense to me. So going like having a people in your, your little trio, I like to call it as with Tom Hart and Jordan Rogers, how, how impactful to you has it been working with somebody like them through a little bit of your career? Uh, I mean, those two guys are two of my, are two of my good friends and, you know, I call them my work family, but I mean, they're, they're more than just, you know, work associates. We, I think that's one thing that sort of sets our group apart and from a lot of other TV crews, I don't know a lot of other TV crews cause I, I'm not on their crews, but I have been on a lot of TV crews where we weren't necessarily friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't know exactly what we were going to be doing. Uh, after the after the game or didn't necessarily go eat you know the night before things like that didn't talk during the week uh these guys are different um i'm friends with them we we know about our personal lives we talk to each other about our kids or our vacations or you know when we're going to be in town we hang out with one another so that that makes us in my opinion a very different a very different television group and and i think it comes across in our broadcast i love working with both of them i, I don't i don't think jordan gets enough credit for how well he knows football and I think Tom, I put Tom up against any play-by-play voice on television, yeah. any sport, any network, any day. I think he's that good. So for me, I feel fortunate to be able to work with those guys because I think they're so good at what they do. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, you three are probably one of my favorite ones to listen to and watch. And I feel like what you just said, I feel like that team chemistry, I mean, really helps the the on-screen, me, the voices of, of listening to that. I feel like that really is what makes a great, a great team of um, reporters. Um, what is, um, have you ever been, this is always a question I feel like that's weird. Like when I'm watching somebody on TV, have you ever been nervous going into a game or are you always cool, calm and collected? Uh, I mean, I could go back to, I mean, I guess it was like five years ago. Mm -hmm. The first year that I worked with, with Tom and Andre, we did the morning game on SEC network. And that was the first time I had done, I did sideline for one Mississippi state spring game and I wasn't nervous for that because it was a spring game. Like that's just a radio show. That's just having fun. Yeah. And and it ended up being great. But the, you know, the first time I was on sideline with those guys, it was like the mechanics of it I wasn't real familiar with, and um, you know the timing, the rhythm, when to get in and out, I mean how to use the talkback button on the microphone. I mean I hadn't done all that, so I was probably a little nervous for that game. Um, I get anxious more than I get nervous. I, I don't. I mean there's it's been a long time since I was coming on camera and I was, you know, concerned about if I was going to say something the correct way or, you know, what, what kind of response I was going to get or how I was going to say something that, that doesn't really, uh, that hadn't happened in a long time. Um, I mean, you know, like a lot of people would say, Oh, weren't you nervous with Van Pelt after the championship game? It's like, no, I mean, you know, he, he makes things really comfortable. He makes you feel like you're his best friend when you're sitting in there with him. So yeah. And I think that's what the best do is they make you feel like you belong. So mm-hmm. it's, it's been a while since I've truly been nervous uh, about going on camera and doing something. Oh, okay. Um, going through your Instagram to me, look a few questions. I've noticed you like to really rock the tennis shoes with dress codes, dress clothes look. And that's a look I've been, I've been big on for a while. And personally for myself, who is a weird dresser, I wear swimming suits a lot which is just weird, but have, has people ever given you grief for like what you, you wear? wear bathing suits, like to the grocery store? No, like, to, like, like to school because not a lot of pants that I find have a lot of good designs. So I wear swimming suits because they have the cool Hawaiian designs that I like. Maybe you could find some like retro jams or something. You don't even know what jams are. That's before your time, but retro jams. interesting. All right. 
have, have people ever given you grief about like your outfits? Oh, a lot of, not, like not, not my outfits, but the, sh the sneakers. Yeah. I mean, there, you know, there's a lot of those get off my lawn guys that <laughs> are just never going to be okay with, you know, sneakers in a suit or sneakers with a shirt and tie. I mean, I wear, my, I wear Lululemon pants for every game because I got to be able to move around and I might, I'm, you know, I might take a knee for a little bit. I'm going to squat down and do like, I'm, if I wore like a suit to every game, I would literally ruin those suits. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm either going to sweat through them. Um, you know, I'm going to rip a hole in them somehow, some way I'm going to split the crotch or the <laughs> knees are going to be all worn out. So I mean, you got to have, you got to have a little bit of durability with what you wear and you got to be comfortable. Um, and I've been fortunate to have a deal with Bushimi the last few years. They've supplied my sneakers uh, mm -hmm. on the sideline. And um, I think they're a great brand. I love their, I love the look of their shoes and, you know, it's, it's a cool partnership to have. So uh, Bushimi.com. And I would just say, check them out. But yeah. I, I think it's, I think it, the sideline is the perfect place for it because you're moving around, you're walking around, you're at a game, but you also got to be camera ready. So you got to have sort of the best of both worlds. I think it's a perfect look. I really like it. Um, what does like for you, what is, I know you probably don't get a lot of downtime. I know you're a busy man, but what does downtime for you really look like? What do you like to do for fun? Kids, kids <laughs> and more kids. Uh, I mean, that's it. I, I, I like to watch. I mean, I, I get into a couple shows every now and then. Like um, my wife and I just finished Yellowstone. We love that. I don't watch a ton of movies. Um, I mean, I'm, not that I'm anti-movie. I just, it's hard to sit down and watch something for two and a half, three hours. Yeah. Um, I mean, football, baseball, basketball, like major league baseball fan, uh, NBA fan, NFL fan, college football fan. So most any sports I'm, I'm going to lock into, but right now, I mean, it's, it's mostly kid stuff, uh, to be honest with you. And having such a big schedule, how important is it for you to find family time with all that's going on? It's, it's not easy. Uh, you, you make it work. Um, yeah. Thankfully, you know, I have a, I have a wife that, that has for a long time understood what I do, how it works, what I need to do to keep making it work. And she's an amazing mom and she's an amazing wife. And she's very understanding as to doing things like I'm doing with you today. Like, I mean, I could be taking 15, 20 minutes with, with her and my son, but mm -hmm. she knows that, that, that I need to, that I want to do this kind of stuff and I need to do this kind of stuff. And number one, I like to help people out because a lot of people help me out. So it's, um, it's, it's not always easy, but you just got to find certain things that you're going to do in certain time that you're going to put aside and then make sure you stick to it. Yeah. So I'm going to go a little back to your uh, college days. So looking back on your college football days, what is one thing that you are proud of and one thing you wish you could have go back and do differently? Um, I mean, if I could... I, mean, I can't run through the list. I, I, I get annoyed by these people who say, oh, I wouldn't change a single thing. Because, <laughs> I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's bullshit. Because I, I mean, I would probably change something that I did every day of my college life, whether yeah. it was go watch more film, study harder, um, you know, go network more, talk to more people, have a better idea of what I wanted to do and try to make some of those connections earlier in life, like yeah. save money. Uh, work out more, get in better shape, have better dietary needs. I mean, I, like the list goes on and on and on of things that I would do different. Like I think when people say, what would you do different? They only think of like the big life-changing decisions and they don't take into consideration that, you know, the everyday decisions and how many of those would have been different. Like, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, if I could go back to college, like obviously my, 
I think my drinking habits would have been totally different. Uh, I think my social habits would, I'd like for those to be totally different mm-hmm. and, and just focusing more on, on the things that I was never going to have a chance to do again. All of those things I could do the rest of my life. I was only going to play college football once. Like yeah. you think you understand that you think you know that, but you don't really know that until it's taken away from you. And so I think any college football player would tell you, yeah, man, I'd love to go back and like hang out with my guys a little bit more, spend more time in the film room, spend more time at the facility. Uh, just, you know, my flexibility is a big thing for me. Like I should have stretched for 30, 45 minutes every day. Yeah. I didn't do that when I was in college. So yeah, there's a ton of things that I would have changed. There's, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. So, but now, like, if you weren't covering sports, what do you really think you'd be doing? Because I feel like sports has been such a big part of your life. Do you ever think of, if there was no sports, what you would be doing? Um, I don't know, man, because I've tried a lot of things. I've done pharma sales. I've done medical sales. I've done insurance. I've done packaging sales. Like, oh. And I hated all of it. So <laughs> um, there were parts of some of them that I really liked. But, I mean, I was never, never felt fulfilled. I was never happy. Uh, I mean, I haven't, I haven't worked in five or six years, to be honest with you, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's just the things that I do, what I do to perform my duties to my employer don't feel like work. Uh, they don't come across as work. Mm-hmm. I don't really consider it work. I get paid for it, but it's not work. I mean, I go watch football and talk about it. You know, I watch football to prepare to talk about football while I'm watching it live. So, you know, I do four hours of radio. We talk about sports every day like sitting around watching a game at night to be ready to talk about it the next day. That's not work. Mm-hmm. Now, do I have to sit down and find numbers and stats and come up with cool storylines and book guests and do social media? Yeah. Some of the stuff's tedious, but I mean, work like my clocking in and clocking out for a job, like real work. No, mm-hmm. not really. I'm fortunate. I'm very fortunate. So, um, I'm, I feel blessed to be able to do what I do. I love every bit of it. And some of it gets annoying at times, but you know, that's just, that's just kind of part of it. So are you a kind of guy that's like, find something you're really passionate about and then follow that passion? Um, yeah, but you got to find a way, you got to find a way to make it work. That's true. So, you know, I can remember when I, when I recorded that first pregame show that I did in 2001 and I called my mom on the way home and I said, this is where I need to be. I need to be behind that microphone. That's what I want to do. That's what I love. Yeah. And she told me immediately, she said, that's great. I'm happy for you, but you need to find a way to make it work before you quit your day job. And like I told you before, that would be literally nine years later before I could actually do that. And that was, I mean, I was doing radio guest hits. I was filling in on radio. I was calling games for CSS. I was doing a lot of other stuff to try and find a way to make it work, but it still didn't for a long time. So, you know, it's... um, it's one of those things that you, you, you just got to make sure that you understand it's not all going to happen at once. And you might have to supplement, you know, you might have to go back groceries. You might have to go work at a bank part-time. You might have to, you might have to do some other things to be able to live out that dream, so to speak, but still be a functioning member of society. Yeah. It's like a trust, trust the process kind of thing in life. People, yeah. Um, I re- I know you did, you worked a little bit with the XFL this past season. What do you think the future of the XFL will be, especially with the rock just recently buying it for, I think it was like 15 million. I, I think the league was working. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, I'm confident at what the league was doing. And I, I mean, being a part of it, I know it worked. I know it did. And so I think now you look at it as you've got a gigantic marketing machine behind it in one individual, be it Dwayne Johnson, 
and I think something that has has built up enough cachet that people are going to be interested in it. Now, we don't know exactly how they're going to handle it moving forward. So if you keep it similar to what it was, then I think it has sustainability. I mean, you're talking about averaging 1.1, 1.2 million viewers. People hear that and they compare it to the Super Bowl or the Georgia-Alabama game or you know, the Steelers Ravens game. And it's like, you can't compare it to that. What you compare it to is what sports would normally be doing in that window in that point in the calendar year. And those are actually massive numbers when you make that comparison. Yeah. So I, I do think that if they, if it's some sort of a hybrid entertainment yet developmental league in that space, that it can absolutely live. So I'm excited for it to come back. Would love to be a part of it again. And uh, I wish them the best. I think I honestly think it's a really good league. I like the implement, the new rules, new looks to football. I mean, it gives people who can't play in the NFL another, like I think Johnny Manziel played. It gives people like that another another chance to play football, and I think that's awesome. Um, but I'm asking you all these questions about sports. You could possibly maybe say that's what defines you. But what what personally, what do you think defines you? Uh, I mean, hopefully, my family. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's because I mean, at the end of the day, that's all you have. Right. So, I mean, ho hopefully uh, my relationship with my wife and my kids and, and what and how they treat people and, and how people look at them is, is ultimately really all at the end of the day. That's, yeah, that's all. I don't, I don't want to say that's all I care about, Yeah, but that's what really matters. I mean, cause I mean, obviously you have to have income to be able to support them and have things that we want and need. So other things are very important, but I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. And so as, as long as they're good and they're happy and they're safe and they're fed and they're clothed, then I'm feeling pretty good about things. That's good. That's good. I, I like that. So if you had a, say you had a son who was a senior this year and he got to play his entire, his entire season. I know some people aren't able to, and in his recruiting process, he was down to Kentucky and Louisville for recruiting, which would you want him to go to personally? Um, I mean, honestly, I'm, I wouldn't, I don't think I would ever steer my kid to a certain school. I would say, I would sit him down and say, let's look at what's the best opportunity. Yeah. What are you looking for? What's important to you? And then who gives you the best chance to accomplish that or experience that? And then we'll go from there. It's their decision. It's not my decision. So. You have, you have good answers. You, I, man, that's a good answer. So I know you don't have a lot of time. I'll wrap it up with this final question. I ask a whole lot of – everybody I've interviewed so far, I've asked this question. I've got decent back and forth. For you, who is the greatest of all time? Is it Jordan or is it LeBron in your, in your eyes? No, I don't think that there's any – I think it's Michael Jordan. Yep. Um, for, for a lot of different reasons. I mean, I, I think, you know, there's, there's, a, there's sort of a – and this is a bit of a cop-out answer, but I, I think it's, it's, it's okay to say that physically LeBron is the most gifted basketball player we've ever seen. Yeah. To be that size, move the way he does, jump the way he does, just have the, the, the traits that he does. I, I think it's, it's okay to say that, you know, he's the most physically impressive player ever. Mm -hmm. But being a great player, I think you bring other things into that, and, and that's where I believe – you know, Jordan sort of moves ahead. I agree with you. I've said Jordan. I've had some people say LeBron, and I've, I've argued back and forth, but I agree with you. 
Um, but thank, honestly, thank you so much for, for your time and for me able to interview. I really appreciate this. I know that people who are listening will also appreciate you coming on. No, all good, man. I appreciate you having me.